0: When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, these last only worked one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and scorching heat? But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give the last the same as I give you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God, our creator, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I love seafood. And because of this, whenever we go out to an Italian restaurant, I almost always get a dish called cipino if it's on the menu. For those of you who have not heard of this dish, it's actually a basic seafood stew that's traditionally made with a combination of Dungeness crab, Clams, shrimp, scallops, squid, mussels, and fish that are combined with tomatoes in a white wine sauce. Are any of you drooling yet? I know I am. And I had a good breakfast. It is delicious and actually has a very interesting history. You see, cioppino was created in the late 1800s by Italian immigrant fishermen who fished off the coast of San Francisco, California. As the story goes, when a fisherman came back empty-handed... He would walk around with a pot to the other fishermen, asking them to chip in whatever they could. Whatever ended up in the pot became his cioppino, which would feed him and his family if he had one. The fishermen that chipped in expected the same treatment if they came back empty-handed in the future. The dish became popular and now you can find it in many Italian restaurants. Now, I absolutely love this story because it's a beautiful example of a community that cares for and supports one another because everyone is in the same boat, so to speak. Everyone in this fisherman community knew that sometimes you'd have a great day of catching fish and bring in a large cache while other days you'd come back with very little or even nothing at all. And while some may worry about whether they or their families would get to eat that day, in this community that wasn't really a concern because everybody had each other's back what a beautiful image of the kingdom of god right everyone caring for each other so that no one has any need the story is actually very similar to our parable for today that jesus told though from a very different context as the parable goes there's this wealthy landowner who owns a vineyard and he goes out early in the day to hire some day laborers to help him bring in the harvest. He offers them a fair daily wage and sends them out to the vineyard. Then it says the landowner goes back out again at 9, noon, 3, and 5 p.m. and hires more day laborers, promising to pay them what is right. Note that it never says why the landowner goes back out again and again to hire more day laborers. Does he think his workforce is maybe not great enough, and so he felt the need to hire more? Also, why did he go himself instead of sending a servant to go and find more workers? Wouldn't he want to stay on the vineyard to oversee the harvest? No one knows. At the end of the day, the landowner calls in the laborers and pays those who worked the fewest hours first and the ones who worked all day last. And that's when we find out that the landowner pays everyone the same, even though they didn't all work the same amount. Of course, the laborers hired at the beginning of the day were furious. I know I would have been. To work hard all day and then be given the same amount as those who worked only a few hours? That's not fair. And therein lies the rub. It's not fair, but perhaps it is what is right. One of the things that I've come to learn over my many years of life is that what is right and just is not always what is fair, and what is fair is not always right or just. Similar to the story of the fishermen in San Francisco who relied on their catch to provide money and food for themselves and their families, these day laborers relied on being hired in order to help feed themselves and their families. And while the NRSV translation that we read today has the landowner asking the laborers he hired later in the day, why are you standing here idle all day, a better translation from the Greek would actually be without work. Amy Jill Levine, who is a professor of New Testament and Jewish studies at Vanderbilt Divinity School, writes with regards to this very passage, standing idle suggests milling around or wasting time, but without work can have a better connotation of wanting work, but not being able to find it. Now this parable has been translated and interpreted in many different ways. Some of the interpretations include God being the landowner and the various workers representing Jews and Gentiles, suggesting that the kingdom of God is now open to both Jews and Gentiles. Or perhaps the workers represent people of different cultures and backgrounds, and this parable is a lesson about inclusivity and not judging those who are not like you. I've even heard it interpreted as a message of salvation, that Christians are actually the landowners who are called to go out and save people in the name of Christ, bringing them into the kingdom of God. Personally, I don't agree with this interpretation, and I actually really like Levine's comment on this. And she says that those who ask today, are you saved? Jesus might well respond, the better question is, do your children have enough to eat? Do you have shelter for the night? But I think what the parable is lifting up is the fact that the kingdom of God does not care as much about what is fair based on our interpretation and understanding of it in this world. Instead, God cares about what is right and just. And that is that all are cared for, loved, and have what they need, regardless of situation, status, gender identity, race, ethnicity, ability, age, even belief. And this can be a hard pill for us to swallow, as Jonah exemplifies very well in our story for today. I confess, this story always makes me laugh because I immediately first get this picture of an overdramatic toddler crossing his arms and stomping on the floor and saying, that's not fair. And Jonah's right. It's not fair. After all, after all that God had done to get Jonah to Nineveh, to proclaim this message of repent or your city will be destroyed, was a lot. And so Jonah finally made it there, did what God asked, and then God didn't follow through. That would be infuriating. Not to mention it put Jonah's reputation at risk, right? Some may have assumed that, well, he must have just been a false prophet since nothing happened. But once again, God's message here is that what is fair is not always what is right. God cares more about the people and the lives of the people and the animals than God does about what's fair in our eyes. As we heard in both our reading from Jonah and our psalm for today, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. While this verse often brings me comfort and many others comfort it well, as well, reading it in this context does make it a little more of a challenge. And I can somewhat understand why Jonah struggles with it in this case. Because as Pastor Katie pointed out in her sermon last week, grace and love are not fair. Now when we are little, we start to learn the basics of what's right and wrong. Don't hit people, don't lie, share your toys, be nice. But as we get older, that line between right and wrong gets a little blurred. Is it wrong to kill people when at war? Is war itself wrong? Should our tax dollars be paying for homeless shelters and medical care for those who don't work or can't earn a living wage? What about advancements in science that use embryo technology to cure diseases? Pastor Katie brought up debt forgiveness last week. What about giving money or food to people standing on the street corners not knowing what they'll use the money for? What about immigration, gun reform, abortion? Did anyone's blood pressure just go up a little bit just by mentioning this list of things? I didn't even take sides, I just listed them. That just shows you how much struggle there is with these topics. Sometimes these ethical issues, which yes, have become political, are hard to figure out. It can be hard to distinguish right and wrong, what's fair versus right and just, because your beliefs and your understanding of these things are based on your culture, your circumstances. And that's one of the things I personally love about our theology as Lutherans, who are a part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, as well as our interpretation of scripture, because it says that nothing is black and white, clear or easy. Life isn't black and white. We live in a world of gray, which we as Seattleites know very well what gray looks like, right? But we can take from these stories from scripture today, as well as from the example of the fishermen community in San Francisco, that we are called to care for and love one another as best we can, sharing the gifts that we have been given the best we can, put something in the pot, so to speak, and to strive to do our best not to worry about the rest, as hard as that is, to not worry about what's fair, but what is right, that all are loved, cared for, and have what they need to live a healthy, full life, because that's the promise of God's kingdom in the world. Amen.